And we just saunter in. We're happening. We're living life. We're doing something. She's not on her cell phone answering questions. And I'm not rushing back and forth. I'm not at school yakety-yakking with some parents. Do the way people upon hearing that we're... No, not only are they going to split the entree and the salad, but the bald one doesn't even drink. Uh, hey, welcome to The Bitter Spill. It's me, it's Dan. It's uh, The Bitter Spill. It's Dan. Hi, it's Dan. I'm recording this. It's me. All right, are we done? Fine, thank you. Thanks for downloading. Oh, we got to talk. Okay. <laughs> How are you? Really? Good. So, um... The, the reason I get into some of the situations that I do is I don't always pay attention and I'm trying to uh, pay attention and just be more, uh, you know, in the uh, moment, uh, you know what I'm saying? And the reason I bring this up is this. So I'm the other day, uh, I was very cold. It was whole cold in the house. Now, even though it's Southern California, well, actually, because it's Southern California, I should say, there's really no insulation in our house. Now, you know, I live in Southern California. We're underneath the flight path here at Los Angeles International Airport. And my house gets cold because there's no insulation. Because in California, it doesn't get that cold. You don't need insulation. Okay, fine. But I was cold. And I'd been doing a bunch of work. But I took a little break from my work and I heated up some soup. I like to get this nice kind of, you know, almost unedible, uh, cheap broccoli, uh, cream of broccoli soup. So I heat some of that up. And I had uh, recorded a movie and I was going to sit and for maybe a couple minutes, watch a little bit of this movie and eat a little bit of the soup and warm up and then get back to work. So, so I have my soup and I put on the TV. Now, you know, we have this new TV and, and so now the sound system is hooked up differently and we had it on the other day and there was lag. You know what I mean by lag? Like the people on the television would say something and then a split second later, the sound of that moment comes out of the big speakers or the quote unquote big speakers, right? The, the sound system, the separate thingy, right? Okay. So, so hello, hello. How are, how are you? Are you, you know what I mean? It's like this weird, horrible, laggy, echoey thing. It doesn't sound good. So I put this movie on and I'm watching the movie and it was kind of moving kind of slowly, but, it, but I, I was enjoying it. It's this movie called Storytelling, which is this very edgy art film. It was uh, written and directed by Todd. Oh, shoot. I can never remember his exact last name. Solon? Stolon? Solon. He did Happiness. Welcome to the Dollhouse. I really like him. He's a good, good writer, good director. And I have never seen this movie, Storytelling. I heard a little bit about it. There's a particular scene I had heard about, but I'd never seen the whole thing. See, apparently there's this scene, uh, I'll tell you right now, there's this scene in the movie, apparently, okay, in this storytelling movie, this art house movie, this is art, so relax, okay? I'm going to tell you about a scene in an art movie, it's a scene between Selma Blair, now you know Princess Tyrade, uh, she and Selma Blair became acquaintances in Hawaii a couple of years ago, they were giving each other fashion advice as they're walking along, okay? So Selma Blair is in this movie storytelling and apparently she's in a scene where she has a rather sexual encounter with uh her 
it turns out it's her professor. I didn't know that at the time, but it's a, her professor. And the professor is, uh, you know, she's a kid and the, Af- the, the uh, professor is an adult and he's African-American. And there's this incredibly controversial scene where they're having a little, um, you know, personal time together. And he suggests that she say some things that you might not, uh, you know, think were that appropriate. Like F me N. Okay. He, he suggests to her, get the kids out. Okay. Could you get the kids away? Cause you're going to have to make up some, something about what this means. But there's this scene in this art film. It's called storytelling where the, the African-American professor is, uh, you know, he's with this young woman who's a student and he says, say, he, he wants her to say, uh, F me, uh, N. Okay. And she's very hesitant. So, so this, this scene is in this movie and that's all I really knew about the, the movie other than the director and that it was good. So anyway, so I put on this movie and it's, it's moving kind of slowly. I mean, it's good, but I'm, I, I don't know. Maybe I'm not really in the movie, in the mood to watch this kind of movie. So I get it in my head that while I'm sitting there, cause I got to multitask, you know, I'm going to let the movie roll, but what's the story with this lag? And, um, should I just then turn the sound on the television down when I have the sound system on? Or will I notice that the lip syncing is then off by this split second? In other words, is it only going to bother me when I hear it? Or is it also going to bother me when I see it? And should I rewire the whole thing, which I do not want to do? So I turn the big sound system on and I kind of turn it up a little bit. I'm enjoying my soup. It's, it's, Lovely cream of broccoli. I think it's made out of uh, edible rubber. So I don't know what it is. There's little like broccoli-like bits in it. It's, it's, it's good. And I'm noticing that, um, yeah, it is, it is lagging. That's definitely going on. And, uh, uh, you know, whatever. But it does sound so much better through the, the big system because it's got more bass. There's more treble. It's this, you know, it's, I got these old, old uh, Bose speakers that I've beat the living tar out of. Uh, my parents gave them to us years ago and they keep, they kept falling off the old table, the big wood table that the TV was in. Well, now they're back. They're back. They're being respected. They were on. So they're on. And there's a bar scene. So there's lots of ambient sounds and there's dialogue and there's music in the background. It sounds really good. And I meet my soup and I'm kind of watching the movie and kind of eating the soup and kind of thinking about, I'm so relieved that I don't have to rewire everything. Cause I think I'm just going to watch with this tiny little bit of lag in the lip sync versus the lag in the audio. And then the scene comes where she's at his apartment and they're moving towards, you know, that time. And so that time comes and the scene comes and he's feeding her the lines and they're having their, you know, moment. And then this big, gigantic red uh, rectangle appears on the screen. Now, listen, I'm a guy. Uh, The idea of seeing the scene isn't horrible to me. I'm going to be really honest with you. Selma Blair, an attractive woman. Listen, if I get to see an art film uh, and it has that in it uh, and it's part of the plot of the story, you you know, right? I'm not going to feel bad about that. Suddenly, though, there's this gigantic red triangle, excuse me, rectangle over the picture. 
So while the scene is going on, I'm not really paying attention to what they're saying, that they're saying F me N, F me N at the top of their lungs. I'm kind of looking at this red triangle and I'm wondering, well, who put that there? Do you think that's part of the actual movie or do you think the cable company put that there or the cable channel put that there? Like did stars put that there, which I think is where I recorded it. Like who put this big red rectangle thingy blocking this scene? I mean, I guess I don't even need to see it because I know what's going on and I can hear him and he's saying, say F me in, say F me in. And she's saying, I don't want to, you know, all that stuff. And I realize in this moment, as I'm so fixed on the red tri- uh, rectangle, red rectangle, red, who put that there? And then F me and F me is coming through the speakers. The mailman is delivering the mail. Into my house. See, I'm sitting in the living room and we have this old 1948 house. And I don't know about where you live. See, you might live in a normal house in a normal neighborhood where the mailman just drives up and at the end of your driveway, there's a box and they open this box, this freestanding box on a stick and they put the mail in and they close it and they drive to the next house. No, 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 no. (laughs) See, where I live, the houses are close together and there's no mailbox per se. You have a mail slot. You have a mail slot in your house and they open up a little mail slot. You know, like you see in the movie, sometimes they, the people that get the mail through the door, you know, there's a movie and the person goes away on vacation and then they come back in the movie and to show they've been gone a long time, they always show all the mail stacked up in front of the closed door. It's like that, but it's in the side of the house, really close to the living room. So I'm sitting there little, just fixated on this stupid red rectangle with the booming booming speakers fn fn over and over and over fn while what i have to assume is an african-american postal carrier opens a hole in the side of my house to feed through the mail I'm never turning on the big speakers ever again. I didn't end up being that into the movie. I mean, I really like that writer director, but uh, you know the 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 some of the parts, uh, uh, no. So, but I did. I, I ended up really. I had it in my head. I wanted to see a good movie, a good kind of non Hollywood, somewhat uh, indie film. Now, my wife and I had a great experience recently. We finally got around to seeing a, a small film called The Visitor starring Richard Jenkins. It had been recommended to me by the mom of a friend and uh, awesome, awesome movie. And one of the reasons I think that I thought it was so awesome is I didn't know anything about it. Going in, uh, I had not seen a trailer. I didn't know anything about the plot. 
I knew who the star was, Richard Jenkins, and that at some point or another, he may or may not play some kind of bongo drum. But that was it. Oh, and I think I think at the time it was recommended to me, it was mentioned that it was uh, done by the guy that did the station agent, but I, I forgot that. I'm going to be honest with you. So I was really amped. I was really like, you know what? I want to see another movie uh, that's that, that I feel like that about, you know? Like a good, positive, hey, did you see this movie kind of movie. So, by the way, I recommend The Visitor. But, 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 but anyway. Now, this weekend, the kids went down to uh, my folks' house. There was some Christmas thing going on in San Clemente, which is just south of where they live. And they were going to take the kids down there, my, my folks, and, uh, you know, see Santa and uh, face paint and, uh, y- you know, throw a ski ball or whatever it is. You know, do the kind of basic winter carnival, San Clemente, whatever's going on down there thing. And so my wife and I were actually going to have a, an opportunity to have dinner together. Sans children, sans les enfants, and uh, maybe uh, L.A. Ola movie, n'est-ce pas? So this is great, because this is our opportunity to go see a, a good movie in a theater, even though we have absolutely no idea what's in the theaters. But far more importantly... You know, I often uh, mention that I feel uh, a bit like a shut-in, mainly because I am. See, I don't, I don't get out and uh, socialize at all. And uh, by the same token, I don't really just get out of my little circle, my little uh, geographic, you know, whatever. Especially now that uh, Princess T and H go to the same school. So I don't drive in two separate directions for the school thing. It's just basically here and back, here and back, here and back, here and back. And the only socializing I ever really do is kind of forced socializing, which is to say uh, some piece of paperwork has been forgotten and needs to get dropped off at school. Something needs to be picked up. Something was left at school, a sweatshirt or a book bag or backpack or whatever, lunchbox, so I got to go into the school and uh, eventually make nicey-nice with uh, the parents. And um, I'm usually just not in the mood. You know, you know me, I can't live in the moment. I'm trying so hard. I'm trying to be uh, Eckhart Tolle, but I'm not. I, I'm not and I can't. And, and it's not the parents that I really object to, I think. I'm, I'm beginning to realize it's that they are a distraction from the constant internal monologue rattling around in my brain. And uh, so whenever I have to go into these situations, that is honestly very annoying to me. It's very annoying that this kind of constant stream of brilliant creativity and brutal self-criticism gets interrupted every once in a while with, hi, how you doing? How are the kids? What you been up to? I, I don't want to talk about it. I don't want to talk about it. I, I surely, because whenever any, here's the problem too. Whenever anybody asks me, how's it going? And, and I know that, I, I know deep, deep down, deep down in my cockles. My cockles and muscles alive, alive, ho. I know that when they say that, they really are just saying like, hey, random thing people say. I know that's what they're really saying. But what I hear is, hey, does your, uh, you know, professional life still, you know, stink out loud with a popsicle stick? Does it? Yeah, you really just haven't pulled anything off, have you, class? Well, that's a shame. Nice seeing you again. Now, even though that's not true, that's what I hear. That's what I hear. That's what I always hear. It's the it's the motor. It's the engine that keeps. Uh, you know. Uh, I I think I can. I think I can. I hope I can. Please, can I? Please. 
So I do, I, I avoid it. I avoid going to school. And like I say, the people are perfectly nice and, you know, perfectly nice and uh, whatever. I, I'm not going to say 100%, but sure, probably uh, 80, 70, uh, 25% at least. No, it's not them. It's me. And I know it's me. And, and, and that's fine. But I need, I really needed this weekend. I needed this night. I needed Saturday night to just go out with my little girlfriend, my actual girlfriend, my wife, and have dinner and see a movie in our own little kind of like, let's pretend, you know what, let's do this. Let's pretend, honey, that we have no kids. Let's actually drive somewhere and as we're driving, discuss whatever we want without interruption, without pouting and fighting, fisticuffs in the back seat. We'll have a, a, a lovely, quiet repast. And enjoy, uh, you know, going to the movies. And we'll see something that is not produced by the Pixar Corporation. Or stars, uh, you know, the voice of John Travolta or whatever, right? We're going to go see an adult film. Not an adult film, you know what I mean? A grown-up, you know. Let's not go to school. Let's not go to work. Let's not rush home from school to home to do work. Let's, at some point or another go and do this thing, my God, before one of us, uh, you know, hurls themselves off a bridge. So we decide that part, you know, and and none of this was spoken. You could just see it in her eyes. I mean, you know, 15 years or whatever of marriage, these conversations don't have to be had in the depth that I'm having it with you. It's just basically we just have like that split second of pleading like we got it. Okay. So we're, we decide though that we're not going to eat around here and we're not going to see the movie around here. We could, we could have actually driven just a couple of miles south and seen the movie in an okay theater and had uh, dinner at our favorite little uh, Chinese place. But we do that all the time. It's the really just hugely deep, deep rut. It would be fun, but we, we, can we, we gotta, right? Okay, so we, well, first things first, what we're going to do is we're going to, we got to orchestrate the dinner around the movie because movies are always kind of, at least when we used to go to see movies, they were always a little too early or a little too late because we wanted to eat around eight, eight thirty, whatever it was. And so, you know, you can't see the seven twenty-five, and you don't really, I mean, you really want to go to the nine forty-five or whatever. So we're going to plan ahead. So I uh, get out the movie listings and we go through all the movies. And, and this is why we never go to the movies because we I read down the list and we just go, no, no, you got to be kidding me. No stinking way. Maybe with a gun to my head and it was on cable. No, 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 no. Ooh, what's this? Well, we find a movie that neither of us know anything about other than it's supposed to be very good. And the people that claim that it's supposed to be very good are people that we somewhat trust enough to take their word for it. And the movie is Slumdog Millionaire. Now, I'm not going to tell you what it's about because I don't want you to know what it's about. I I don't think you need to know what it's about. I'm telling you if you're into not quote-unquote Hollywood movies and you want to see something with some uh, action, humor, love. It's a love story. Uh, There's a lot of uh, 
running around. There's some, uh, you know, crime. There's a game show. There's uh, law enforcement. There's a little torture. There's kissing. I mean, it's got it all. All I knew about it was it may or may not have something to do with uh, who wants to be a millionaire. Okay. But we're going to have our big night out. So part of our big night out is we're going to go to this restaurant near the movie theater up in Westwood. Which is, you know, L.A. is just kind of one big town. One big city. It's a sprawling city. And, and, and in it, there are all these kind of like pseudo towns. And we live in Westchester. And when I say pseudo town, what I mean is Westchester. We live in Westchester. That's Los Angeles. Uh, but what we do is we, um, there's no movies, I don't think, actually in well, maybe the Howard Hughes Center is in. We're not going to go there. I don't know if it's it's not playing there. It's not playing there. We're not going south. We're going to go north. So we end up going one, two, three, let's say four or five. What I would call four or five movie towns away, which means four or five sets of theaters you know, north of here. We go to Westwood. And to me, going into Westwood is kind of like going into town. You know, people actually live in Westwood, young, happening people that don't have kids. They go there, they live there, they see movies, they do the whole thing, right? We're going into Westwood. But we're going to go into Westwood and pretend we have no kids and just have a nice dinner and see a movie. Now, the thing that I forget about going into town is, you know, Melissa suggests, my wife, you know, hey, should we buy our tickets beforehand online? So I start to poo-poo that, and I thought, you know what, I just, you know what, let's just lock and load this damn thing. So I go online to get our tickets for Slumdog Millionaire, and the theater, well, the tickets are available, and they're for sale, but there's, it's assigned seating. And I don't know, maybe if they started to do that where you are, assigned seating, apparently it's becoming very common here. In, in you know, you'll have a big movie theater, and it'll have like 18,000 different theaters in it, right? And several of those theaters will be even nicer than the normal ones. And those have uh, signed seating, let's say, right? So uh, so this theater, the theater that we're going to see Slumdog Millionaire in is uh, assigned seating. And the main part, because you know in most big movie theater theaters, right? You kind of come in, at least here in LA, you come in. And then there's a walkway that's kind of at the like one third mark. And there's a third of the theater in front of this walkway, which is too damn close. And then two thirds, which is just right. And then go in way up there, right? Well, we like to be in the like second, third, middle, you know, like the middle of the second third. Well, the second third and the upper third are they're taken. It is solid, sold out. The furthest seats back are the back row of the first, well, call for our our, uh, discussion, the first third. Okay, well, oh my gosh, what do we do? Well, let's get seats, I guess, as close to the center in the back row of the first third as we can. Okay, let's do it. Click, click. And my wife even says, do we really want to sit? I mean, we do have the option. Do we want to have the seats immediately next to those people on the far left? Or should we put a little buffer seat in there? One of those little seats they won't be able to sell. Let's do it. Listen, I don't work for the theater company. I don't care. Yeah, let's do it. We'll put our two seats, click, click, one seat away from the people next to us. 
Because do I really need, listen, we're going to drive all the way to Westwood and pretend that we don't have kids and I don't need to be rubbing shoulders with some stranger who's sitting right next to me in our assigned seats. Let's assign a blank seat next to me and this stranger, right? It's Saturday night. We never, we go, we see movies, we see two movies a year, maybe three. We saw Tropic Thunder and we saw, uh, you know, uh, Atonement. Was that even this calendar year? I think that was, that was last year, right? Well, we go to the theater, uh, excuse me, we go to the restaurant. And now the, this restaurant we go to, they give you too much food. Okay, they just do. The entrees are expensive. And they give you too much food. Now, honestly, I guess it's probably not too much food for the price in that they're giving you two entrees in one. But this time we finally got it in our heads. You know, let's um, let's just find something we can both eat and then split it. Because this is stupid. Because what happens is if you go to a movie after, the, right, you can't. You're not going to take your leftovers into the movie and have them sit there for two hours. No, thank you. Now, do when you order one entree for two people and one salad, you're going to split it and, and whatnot for two people. Do the way people actually audibly sigh and does their body energy and, and everything just like that? Or do I just feel that they do out of my own neurotic insecurity. Do the way people upon hearing that we're... No, not only are they going to split the entree and the salad, but the bald one doesn't even drink. This is just great. I mean, do they really... Is that really what's going through their mind? Or is that just what I hear in the uninterruptible monologue in my head? Because I got to tell you, they never say it, but there's always just that little like, oh, okay, we can do that. Come on. Baldo, can't you just get a Heineken and nurse it something? Tip me for the $18 beer. Doesn't matter. We had a lovely dinner. It was just a perfect amount of food. Not too much. It was just under too much. You know what I mean? It was just like right there. Yeah. Okay. I'll admit it. I had a little bit of a migraine coming on, so I, I drank a few more Diet Cokes than maybe you would want to normally under normal circumstances. So I'm, I'm absolutely shivering, absolutely freezing cold as we're walking up to the theater because I'm full of carbohydrates and ice cold Diet Coke. But I don't care. You know what? I don't care because it's just me and my little girlfriend. Well, my big girlfriend, my girlfriend from college, my college sweetheart, my baby. We're on a date. It's date night for Danny and Melissa. We've got no kids. We've got nowhere else to be but the movie. We're four or five movie towns away. We're out of our rut. This is great. Everything's new. We're going to see a movie that we've never seen before. Let's go. We're going to Theater 7. We bought, we, we swipe the credit card upstairs even to get the tickets. We don't have to stand in line for 10 milliseconds. And we just saunter in. We're happening. We're living life. We're finally out of our thing. We're doing something. She's not on her cell phone answering questions. And I'm not rushing back and forth. I'm not at school yakety yakking with some parents. I'm not in the rut. I'm not. And we go to our assigned seats and we're sitting right next to parents of Hudson's schoolmate. Our assigned seats 
are directly next to the parents of one of Hudson's schoolmates. I shouldn't even say schoolmate, class classmates. So I, I would like you for just a moment. And I, you know what? I got a D in statistics, mostly because I never uh, went. I took statistics in college and I never went, mostly because A, I hate math. B, I hate statistics. See, I thought statistics was just going to be, okay, write this down. Four out of five dentists surveyed. That's, that's apparently not it. You got to figure that part out. So partly I wouldn't go to class because I hate it. And partly I wouldn't go to class because, uh, you know, a couple times a month, uh, a waitress named Vicky, who I knew from Pizza Hut back home, would come up and, you know, missionary stuff. But anyway, so I want you to statistically... What are the odds here? So, listen, we go to a movie twice a year. Okay? One of those two times, we go to... It's in Mission Viejo. It's not even around here. It's 60 miles south if you're near my parents. So, basically, one night in 365, we go out to the movies at all. We go to a movie theater five movie theater cluster townlets away. It has seven theaters in it, each theater with probably seven to eight showings of each movie a day, and our assigned seats are right next to parents that Hudson has been in class with for five years, and we've never so much as made prolonged eye contact for more than 15 seconds. We had the absolute most lovely time. Thanks. Uh, this has been the Bitter's Pill. I'm Dan Class. Thanks for downloading. Thanks for supporting the Bitter's Pill. It is the it's those of you that uh, subscribe to the premium feed that really keep this going. <laughs> you have no idea how serious I'm being when I say that. If it wasn't for my uh, uh, you know financial obligations <laughs> to you, <laughs> nah, really? Yeah, I, really. No, um. Listen, thank you in all sincerity. Thanks for supporting the show. Two zero six three zero nine zero one three zero. Thank you for all your feedback on Scott Mercer's what do you call it uh, contribution to the show with the movie phone thing last uh, time. That was very funny. All right, this is actually this show is actually from last month. Uh, the next show will be the first of the month and probably be a Christmas special with some a look back at at Bittersweet Christmas past. We'll see. Anyway, uh, that's it. Listen, Slumdog Millionaire, I recommend if you're headed to the theaters and The Visitor, if you're headed to the DVD, uh, you know, whatever. Q. All right, I will talk to you soon. Uh, Feliz Navidad.
The Bitterest Pill is produced by Jacket Media. JacketMedia.com, makers of fine podcasts since 2004.